0: we already cannot be timed with age. So if that's the case, why would you do yourself even more disjustice by not taking care of your body? All right, one, two, three,
1: and. All right, so Short Circuit, a little spinoff of the Circuit Podcast at which me, Elijah Shaw, because I'm never around, I'm going to do my own little mini podcast, and I decided that I could, since I'm doing a podcast, I could bring my friends up. And so... So welcome to the Short Circuit Podcast. My guest today is JT Brown. He's a close protection professional who specializes in working with public figures, operating in challenging and non-permissive environments. Today, I want to talk about mindset and training, and the training that's required to work with a clientele that's operating in these areas as well as the industry's perception versus the actual reality. But first up, welcome to the show, JT.
0: Thanks for having me. It's good to be here.
1: Yeah, bro. Uh, we've been trying to make this happen for a while now, trying to get these schedules in alignment, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. We've been uh, kind of playing phone tag on this one for a while.
1: <laughs> and then, of course, the thing about this is, you know, so nobody's under any type of illusions. Man, you talk all the time and we, you know, we talk offline and we talk about things that are, you know, of interest, of concern and and, and how to better ourselves and, and succeed in the industry. And so that's one of the reasons that I wanted to have you on the show was because like those those things that come up in our conversations, those nuggets, like those are things that I think other people should hear because they're going to find value in those things. And so that's why I wanted to have you on the show. So, bro, thanks for for taking the time to come on over here, rap with me a little bit and, and you know, we are gonna get it figured out. Okay.
0: I definitely appreciate you for having me. No, nah, no worries.
1: So anyway, this is Short Circuit. Uh, I want to start off with something that's like a tradition on this end here. Uh, so before we dive into the heart of the conversation, we've got these three rapid fire questions that we do. And so they don't require a lot of thought. In fact, I just want you to kind of say, the, you know, kind of the first thing that comes to mind. Um, you know, one day I'm going to take all these questions, the answers that everybody's given, the Mark James, and the Kevin geese and and. um and then we're gonna like maybe break down that into a whole separate topic. Yeah. But the, the first one is what's your favorite thing about the industry?
0: To experience life outside of the box. Okay. Yeah. Tell me what when, you mean. Come on. When I when I say that is coming from uh inner city in Chicago, mm-hmm. you you get built into a box. Okay. Certain things you won't really believe. That's even imaginably real. Gotcha. Um, So the the industry just lets you kind of see the world.
1: It's allowed you to do that. Okay. I get that. That's, 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 that's a plus for the career path, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So now I got to flip it a little bit. Okay. And I'm going to say, what's the, you know, the worst thing about the industry to you? You know, what, what, you know, I don't want to say. Like, what do you hate about the industry? But like, you know, what definitely needs
0: improvement? Well, how I look at it is as an industry base, the only thing that I hate that is it's not a collective whole as how it should be.
1: Okay. So you mean almost like from a unity perspective? Is that where we're at?
0: Yes. Okay. Yes. I see no, that. When you see, when you hear the word protector, you don't think individual, you, you think group, you know, mm. you can, you never will go to war with just one soldier. So I would never, okay. I would never assume that multiple soldiers would, you know, be if, if if the Marines and the Army have to go together, they're gonna fight together. Not gonna, they're not gonna clash.
1: I get where you're going with that. That that's deep. We are gonna have to unpack that one day. <laughs> um, okay. So here's the next one, and it's a it's a little bit of a trick question. Name one person, past or present, alive or dead, that you would like to or have liked to provide protective services for. So you can, you can just run the gambit. Anybody that you was like, man, I, I wish I I had provided you know coverage for this person, fire one. Honestly, I would probably
0: say Michael Jackson. Okay, there you go. See, uh, yeah, Michael say-
1: Jackson. All right, now that's interesting. I'm I'm not gonna get into why because like I say, one day I want to take all the guys that have answered and, or and the ladies that have answered and almost unpack those because we've got them from across the board. I mean, we've got Michael Jackson, which is a first like Muhammad Ali. I mean, we, we had Bishop Desmond Tutu. I I think we got a couple presidents in there. You know what I mean? You know, in fact, somebody said Jesus Christ. And I was like, yo, that might change history, but you know, whatever. Like it's the first thing that came to mind. So, so one day we got to like, you know, jump into all of those. I'm gonna have to make a a special topic about that. But now, you know, I want to get into kind of the heart of, of why I wanted to talk to you today. And uh, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show, one of the things that I know that you do is that you specialize in working with clients who operate in non-permissive environments. And and some people hear that and they immediately think of places like Iraq or Afghanistan. But but I, I wanted to share a quick definition for our listeners. So the US Agency for International Development defines a non-permissive environment as a nation or region within a nation in which uncertainty, instability, inaccessibility, or insecurity constrain the ability to operate safely. And, you know, I gotta say there's places around the United States like that, right?
0: Yes, sir, absolutely. Right? <laughs> so,
1: so I think, you know, again, everybody needs to get on the same page because they always thinking, of, you know, you over in the sandbox and, and all of that. But, you know, right here at home, there are challenging environments and I'm in a mindset which is what I want to unpack today is that all protection isn't equal necessarily. It's the same foundation, but you have to get specialized skills to operate in certain environments, you know? Yes, and sir. I think this is one that people think, Oh, you know, you know, we're in the United States. Uh, you know, I'm a bodyguard. I can move anywhere over there freely and, and un, uh, you know, without restriction. And and I don't necessarily know that that's true, <laughs> so I was like, okay, let me get JT on here. We're gonna talk about it a little bit. So, yeah. so my first question to you is, and this is something that again, man, you talk about offline a lot. What's the mentality required to navigate in, in in some of those environments that might be, you know, you know, more challenging than the norm?
0: Um, the mindset that you have to go to when you're dealing with these type of clients and going to them type of environments is a, a, a real lion type mindset. And when Mm -hmm. I say a lion type mindset, because, you know, when you hear the King of the jungle, you think of a lion and that's not always, he's not the smartest. He's definitely not the fastest. He's not the strongest, but the reason why he is King is because how he moves in the jungle and how his Aurora, his, his, his power. Okay. expand out you okay know, one one male lion can protect the pride mm. hours long okay so if you see multiple alpha lions mm-hmm. and i'm the alpha lion mm-hmm. mindset because mm-hmm. you have to be an alpha lion to to really be able to strive and survive in this type of environment because people will read you and fast fast mm-hmm. Tell, tell, tell me what you mean
1: about the, the read you part.
0: Well, you know, us as men, all of us are lions and predators and everybody's their own predator. Okay. You know, that's
1: we, All right. We, we're talking about a lot of metaphors in the jungle, but I, I get what you're saying is that the mentality is that you need to figure how you can be top of the food chain. Because if you are not the top of the food chain there's something that might be bigger, meaner, stronger that's going to test you.
0: Absolutely. So even with that being said is, that still is understanding yourself mm-hmm. and, and knowing what environments to put yourself in. And I feel like that's one of the biggest keys that I'm losing in our field is that I see a lot of individuals mm-hmm. thinking that uh, it's more, you know, Instagram cool to be around them type of guys. And really putting their self in harm's way because they're not built for that type of predator mindset. No, I I, yes, I, no. I
1: definitely wanted to, to break that down a little bit later. So you're you're touching on something that I wanted to talk about here. Um, but before I get to that, because I've, I've known you for a while now, I, you know, I, I've seen how you move and it's it's calculated. And yes. the other thing is, I think, too, is that because it's calculated, when you make a move, you stop and reassess it. And it might be, okay, now thinking back, I should have did this, this, and this, but you're self aware enough to realize that, and I think well, I know that there's many in our industry that don't apply the strategy to the craft they're re- they're reactive, something yeah. happens okay, I can deal with that i I got my gun or I've got this badge or or I did this in the past, they're reactive to something, yeah, however, there are people that think about what the mission is. What do I need to accomplish the mission? And in this case here, if we're talking about operating in these areas where the environment itself can present a challenge to a high net worth individual or to somebody who will have a dollar to their name, but because of where they're at, at a certain place at a certain time. So, so my question is to you right now is, How much of that mindset, you know, you mentioned being from Chicago and from the inner city, how much of that mindset is shaped by your upbringing? I would say
0: 100%. I see a lot of guys on the board say, oh, man, there's no protectors born. And I just always laugh at that Mm because you have to be careful what you put out because certain people think as a predator. And it's not a bad thing to be a predator because you have to understand what land you're laying in. So when I entered the protection field, I would see that quote. And what that means to me is your upbringing was a very soft type of upbringing, because that means you never had to protect anything growing up in my eyes. Mm-hmm. So growing up, I sisters, I have a mother, you know, I have a little brother mm-hmm. uh, and just myself. It was warrior school. Warrior school. Okay. Uh-huh. Warrior school, Yeah, abs- absolutely. I didn't grow up in the area of, of all the guns and everything like that. You actually had to use your fist. I appreciate that type of air because mm-hmm. I feel like that's what helps me shape myself in the career. You know, I was never 6'6". So I would never be 6'6". <laughs> <laughs> okay. And, and uh, I've never had an issue with me doing that in my job, you know, okay. never had a height, a size mm-hmm. problem that you will hear nowadays with a lot of guys. Mm-hmm. And I think that's just because of my upbringing
1: mm-hmm.
0: is that I was always brought to... So- have that
1: mindset. So let me ask you a question, staying on that topic. So do you think because some might feel they're at a disadvantage because of their height or their physicality, yeah. that then they over-rely on other things, and, you know, maybe in this case like the firearms and the weapons or or even maybe just even their mouth, you know? Absolutely. Like, you, know, you know, one of the things I was talking about, I think it was with t- to Kevin Gee, and we were talking about how people like to skip steps and cut corners. And as we train both mentally and physically, you can't skip steps. So yes, you can back your way into a job, you know, right place at the right time. And you end up on an assignment, but the mindset still has to be there. The the physicality, the training, the conditioning, the endurance has to be there because if not, when that moment of truth comes, you'll get found lacking.
0: Absolutely. And, uh, that's the old shit moment,
1: <laughs> <laughs> right? Right. When that old shit moment happens, I, 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 how do you how do you stand up to it? Uh, yeah. You know, that moment of truth happens. You know, that that's when all the cards are on the table.
0: Absolutely, absolutely.
1: So, okay, so let's. I guess let's let's stay on that that topic because some people might think when they hear the word predator that has a negative connotation, mm-hmm. but but I think how you're using it and how I understand it is predator is that which is looking for supremacy in whatever that area that's in because it has to prevail right there's predators and there's prey Mm -hmm. and then that's the cycle of life
0: absolutely absolutely okay so let's
1: so let's talk about that environment so the world is is divided into factions you know Mm -hmm. democrat republican you know muslim christian whatever it is it is nature divides into factions and then there's subsections within those factions and many a times those subsections are at odds with each other and sometimes even violently. So, yeah. So, so here's my question. If you've got a client that's doing business in those areas, mm-hmm. how do you as the protector navigate the terrain so that you don't cause offense? You know what I mean? How do you keep the peace mm-hmm. so that you can meet the client's objectives? you got to understand the lay of the land in so many different areas.
0: And see, that's what goes back to just really understanding the mindset of a predator, but understanding how other predators think. I've done plenty of video shoots where we're in a total different neighborhood, a total different state. And you just have to understand the land of the laws of the jungle. And once you understand in each area has their own different land of the laws, that's how you can operate inside the jungle. Mm, mm. and that's how you can make things peaceful. Got it. so you so you're
1: saying that within within the big picture, mm. when you zoom in, we got the federal government and you go down and you got the state government, and when you go down from that, you got the the local government. you know the, so you're saying that you have to keep drilling down because if you're operating at too high a level, right? So I'm I'm understanding that's right. So that so 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 we have as protectors have to understand how those things have. we have to understand the politics of those places. Right. Yeah.
0: Now, it's a it's a catch 22 to understanding the politics, because uh, it's a lot of things that's going on nowadays where people are saying the check in thing. Me, myself, I don't believe in that. It's a way you operate. It's a way to operate for you don't get abused when you're in movement. If you quote unquote check in and everything like that, you lose your respect.
1: Okay.
0: You're in that type of world and in that type of environment. All you have is your respect. The people that tell you, oh, we have these guns and, or we're fighters that fit, all that will not matter in someone else's jungle. You will be outgunned all the time. You will be outmanned all the time. Mm-hmm. So the only thing that you will have is understanding just that aroma, you know, <laughs> that, that, that. six sense. Yeah, like it's, mm-hmm. it's understanding that and understanding, like, okay, so when you come into these people, you you're meeting them and you're not necessarily demanding respect, but you have to walk with that dominant walk of, of you know you're an alpha, because other alphas gonna feed into that energy. Mm -hmm. and make them respect it. A lot of times when most men clash, you know, sometimes it's the ego thing, but Mm -hmm. it's most of the time one guy is just feeling like he's an over-alpha and the other one is just trying to show like, oh man, I am alpha. Okay. Once you are in a point where yourself will understand that you're an alpha male and you're conducting Mm -hmm. yourself and you're moving yourself as an alpha male, Mm -hmm. you won't have to... You won't have to demand that because your energy is going to spread out.
1: Okay. Well, I I think that ties in to where I was going next, which is if our objective is to to safely move the client from point A to point B with the least amount of intrusion as possible, Mm -hmm. right? Like that that's a job well done. Yeah. But the more challenging and higher risk the assignment is, and that could be caused by the environment the more difficult that becomes. And, we, you know, we mentioned that that moment of truth. So what are some best practices? Because we talk about being predator so that you don't become the prey when you're in some of these environments. Like, how do we stay off the menu or yeah. keep our clients off the menu, particularly yeah. when you're in a place where these situations could escalate?
0: Well, one, your appearance is everything. That's your appearance. And from my perspective, your posture. I know that's what I look at when I see any man. I look yeah. at him. I judge him by mm-hmm. his body. Age does not matter to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I know sixty-one-year-old men that's mm-hmm. in phenomenal fighting shape. No, <laughs> <laughs> phenomenal uh-huh. fighting shape. You know, so that that tells me how do you how you treat yourself, mm-hmm. how you treat your body. That's that's mm-hmm. just one, and then your posture. You know, if you're walking and you know, just head down and everything like that, you mm-hmm. kind of let me know what type of man you are. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you can fake the funk. Sure. sure if you if you learn the body language, mm-hmm. you could really fake the funk so so what
1: what I'm getting from that is what you do is a lot of scanning, sizing people up, but I mean it in the sense of you're doing it in an analytical way, and whether that's in a textbook way or that's in an, an innate sixth sense, mm-hmm. you know you're looking for those behavioral cues. Maybe that's the, the title of this podcast when we, we bring it back to, you know, the animal kingdom or something. But that's what happens when you show fear mm-hmm. to something that has a prey drive. It switches. Right. So as you're sizing somebody up and whether you're doing that in order to best read that room, they're mm-hmm. doing that in some way, shape or form as Absolutely. well.
0: Right? Yeah, yeah. And um, as long as you understand that, mm-hmm. then, you can know, who is going to do what and who is most likely to do it first. So mm. if you take that mindset and take it like you see a lot of guys jumping on stage and everything like that. If you take that same mindset and take it to a fan and look at her, oh, man, he's he just keep rocking up, you know, like just pay attention mm. to their body language, pay attention to all oh, this guy. He's sitting in the back. He's really not um, – he's probably not going to do anything, you know, mm. like – you have to just if you start paying attention to people's body language, you start um, analyzing the room, scanning people, just not being fixated on one thing cuz a lot of people just think when you hear threat, it's a gunshot or right, that could, right. That that only could, one type of threat, which that's yeah, not true. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just think uh, if they open up their mind with that and let it transition, they'll be in better shape, but it's not as easy to to scan and read someone. Mm-hmm. If you're not confident in yourself and you're not showing that because while you're looking at them, you're mm-hmm. showing your own weaknesses or like you your own strengths. So there's a seriousness to the
1: profession that I feel is, is sometimes lost, uh, particularly in kind of today's climate. You know, we talk about the social media thing where perception equals reality. Uh, OK, perception equals reality uh, to reality slaps you in the face. You know what I mean? And that moment of truth happens. Yeah. And and then there's an exposure. The problem is, is that you can't have this happen at the client's expense because all of those things that you you get a check for every day when nothing goes wrong, you can't say, well, I had an off day. I had a bad day, right? But one of the things you and I talk about offline quite a bit is making sure that we figure out how to stay sharp, how to keep our edge. Because that thing that you're talking about that you grew up with, that sixth sense you referred to, that can get dulled. You can, you can become complacent. That opportunity gets presented, you know, and you flying around the world on jets or whatever that is, right? Or just your economic situation has changed and, and, and now all of a sudden things are much better. What do you do to kind of continue to keep that edge is my
0: question. How do you stay sharp? So I train like it's real. Going against and actually competing in different arts. Okay. Right? And it's, I come from a martial arts background. But at the end of the day, that is a business. So what I did was I said, okay, I need to see can I compete? If somebody's if you're training in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu every day, that means you should be pretty good at grappling. Mm. I need to know can I compete with you? Because in the, the real world they're not doing that. So if I can train and compete with somebody that's doing this every day on a high level, mm-hmm. I know that I won't be taken out in the in the. That you can
1: you can prevail over that. I got it. Okay. Absolutely. So sure. I,
0: I take that in boxing, Muay Thai, wrestling, mm-hmm. every aspect because I have a mindset of just always being hard to kill. Sure. And
1: basically, you can do all the katas you want until you get punched in the nose. That's when it's going to tell you how you're going to react.
0: Absolutely. You know. Also, these guys, every guy they're doing the knives,
1: mm.
0: it looks great. I, I do agree. It looks great. But what happens when you get cut? Right. Can you see yourself bleed mm. and still go on with the attack? Mm. That stuff gets different, you know? Mm. So I see a lot of guys in the industry, they kind of downplay the hard skills. Mm. And um, I don't necessarily like the deliverance of it because – I do agree. Soft skills is truly what matters in the industry. Mm -hmm. Truly does.
1: In terms of of keeping your paycheck, keeping your work.
0: Absolutely. But Mm -hmm. it's a reason why the Secret Service Mm -hmm. has fitness test requirements, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: firearm requirements, requires. They have to stay in a certain type of shape to stay in the field.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: A reason for that. And it's right. just how, just as your insurance. If you're not staying on tip top shape, when that moment happens, mm-hmm. you could have been the best gunslinger alive. Mm-hmm. But you have not been training over a year and you just getting slower and slower. Your step is getting slower and slower. Mm-hmm. We already cannot be timed with age. right? So if that's the case, why would you do yourself even more justice by not taking care of your body?
1: I agree, bro. JT Brown, owner of Dog Pound Protection, DP Protection. Thank you, bro. Appreciate you having taken the time to talk to me. We got to get you back on the show later.
0: Man, thanks for having me. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.